Hello everyone, welcome back to the College Football Breakdown. I'm your host, Zachary Haynes. So good to be with you this evening on this Wednesday night. I'm excited to bring you. We have the College Football Playoff Rankings. The first one was out last night. There's a couple shockers in there. Cincinnati being lower than we thought. Oklahoma being lower than we thought. Oregon actually being higher than we thought they were going to be. And a couple of group of five teams being left out. We got that on the podcast tonight. We also have a couple of preview predictions for this week. It seems like it's going to be a little bit of a down week, but every time we say that, it's always crazy. It could be with Tennessee and Kentucky. could be with Auburn and Texas A&M. We'll see how this week is going to turn out. Let's get started, shall we? Let's go with the college football playoff rankings. Number one, Georgia. Obviously, they're going to be number one. Number two, shocker everyone, Alabama. Alabama came out at number two. I guess the committee really liked what they've seen from Alabama and and how Alabama's played. Number three, Michigan State. Not really surprised with that one. Michigan State's undefeated. They have a win against a top 10 Michigan team that I think the committee really respects. Number four, this was the shocker for me. Oregon coming in at number four. I was... I was not expecting that. I was expecting Oregon to maybe come in at number five or number six. But for them to come in at number four, that's that's a shocker for me. Number five, Ohio State. I'm not surprised that Ohio State is behind Oregon with the fact that Oregon has the head-to-head over Ohio State. Um, I know Oregon has the loss versus Stanford, but again, the head-to-head, no matter what the rankings are, that, that has to overtake Um, those two teams number six is the one that shocked me Cincinnati being at number six I expected Cincinnati to be a whole lot higher so them at being at number six really shocked me and it it has the question of can a group of five team even get into the college football playoff that that's a question that we're going to have to answer later on in the show number seven Michigan I think Michigan played really well against Michigan State they came out with a tough loss in East Lansing I don't think they should have dropped low and and the committee agreed with me there uh michigan staying with a high ranking at number seven number eight oklahoma oklahoma was super low i thought a lot of people would think them being at five or six but the committee actually thinks that they're eight and they actually think a one loss michigan team a one loss ohio state a one loss bama a one loss oregon are all better than oklahoma which is really surprising number nine number nine wake forest Wake Forest, the only undefeated team left in the ACC, the leader of the ACC at this point in the year. A lot of people may have thought it could be Clemson, North Carolina, but Wake Forest really sneaking up there. Number 10, Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming in with that one loss versus Cincinnati in their home stadium. Notre Dame hasn't looked great this year, but again, you can't... They're 7-1. That's, that's all you can say about Notre Dame right now. The 11 and 12, we have two Big 12 teams, Oklahoma State and Baylor. These two teams are going to have to play each other in the next couple weeks. Oklahoma State's going to have to play Oklahoma. Baylor's going to have to play Oklahoma. There's going to be a lot of shakeup at the Big 12 and in these rankings. Number 13, number 14, two SEC teams, Auburn and Texas A&M. Really like where they put Auburn and Texas A&M. I like the 13 and I like the 14 ranking as of right now. Now these two teams have to play each other this week, so that's really going to determine where these two teams are going to end up in the next in next week's rankings. Is Auburn going to jump up? Is Texas A&M going to jump up? I believe if they get these wins, that they'll be able to jump these Big 12 schools. They might even jump Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Michigan. We'll have to see. Number 15, BYU, a group of five, an independent, I mean, or group of five? I, I Mistake me if I'm wrong. I believe they're a group of five team. But BYU being at 15, it's great to see BYU. 
they got that one loss. Um, but again, BYU at 15, I, I don't really have a problem with. Number 16, Old Miss. I like that ranking. Number 17 is what I really want to get at. We have Mississippi State at number 17. I don't know what the committee is seeing. I do not, I, I don't like that ranking, Mississippi State at number 17. They have three losses. And one of their losses is against Bama, and that Bama loss, they lost by 40. They lost 49 to 9. And, and Bama's had a lot of close games. You're, Texas A&M beat Bama. Texas A&M has two losses. Mississippi State lost by 40 to Bama, and they're only three spots lower. And I understand Mississippi State, they beat Texas A&M. I understand that argument. And again, the head-to-head thing that we had with Oregon or Ohio State, Mississippi State might be a little higher. But Mississippi State losses are not good, and Mississippi State hasn't looked good. Yes, they have the win against Kentucky. Yes, they have the win against Texas A&M. But they've also gotten blown out a lot. So I don't really like that ranking of Mississippi State at 17. Number 18, Kentucky. Again, Mississippi State knocked off Kentucky, so Kentucky's going to be a little lower in the rankings. Um, Kentucky at 18, 6-2, sitting pretty for maybe and possibly a New Year's Six Bowl. We'll have to see and how that shakes out. Number 19, NC State. We have another ACC. That's the second ACC team we have in these playoff rankings. Number 20, Minnesota. P.J. Fleck, row the boat, the leader of the Big Ten West right now. Number 20, Minnesota, 6-2, sitting pretty now. They have Illinois up next, and then they have a couple of big games against Wisconsin and Iowa. Those are the next two teams, Wisconsin at 21, Iowa at 22. Very surprised to see Wisconsin in there. I know they have the win over Iowa, but again, Wisconsin, they have three losses, and I'm not sure with the teams that we have, even though it may be a group of five teams, I'm not sure you can put a three-loss Power 5 team in there as of right now. Number 22, Iowa. I was gone from the highest high to the lowest low now at number 22 being at number two and three in the ap now at number 22 at six and two number 23 fresno state there's a group of five team from the mountain west fresno state they've looked good they've kept up with some big name schools they kept up with they they beat ucla that looked like a really good win now ucla's kind of fallen off they kept up with oregon for the entire game almost beat oregon but they came up short but then they have a couple of bad losses um but but obviously, with it being a group of five team and a Mountain West team, you're going to see those bad losses here and there. The team they actually just beat, number 24, San Diego State. And number San Diego State's in the college football playoff rankings. Um, number 24, San Diego State, 7-1. They're sitting there pretty. I mean, again, San Diego State, Fresno State, they're not world leaders. They're not going to make it anywhere possible to maybe get in the college football playoff conversation. But they might get a nice bowl game. Number 25, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sitting there at 6-2. and two. They just lost to Miami. Not a great loss. They have two really bad losses, Western Michigan and Miami. So uh, I, I don't know what to say with you, Pitt. You look good some weeks, and then you look really bad the next week. All right, now let's get into some quick thoughts about the playoff rankings. I want to get first, – first thing I want to get into is, is group of five disrespect. I understand that the Power Five is on a different level when it comes to competition. I, I know that, and I and I I respect the SEC. I respect the Big Ten. I respect the Big Twelve. I respect these high high value high value conferences 
And and if you have two losses and another team could be undefeated, that that team, that two loss team in those Power Five conferences is probably better. I understand that, but at some point you have to give respect to where it's due. I'm going to start off with the first team, Cincinnati. Cincinnati last year was undefeated. They had they had won out. They played Georgia in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl and they almost beat Georgia. They show that they had the athletes and they had a team to compete with Georgia. They brought back almost all of that team this year. They are undefeated. They actually have a top 10 win against Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They played teams like Indiana. Indiana was maybe going to be a bigger game this year. Indiana's kind of struggled, but still, Cincinnati's gone in and they've taken care of business. I know sometimes it doesn't look pretty. But they're still 8-0. They are still, they are still right there where they were at the beginning of the year. They haven't faltered. Desmond Ritter's playing well. The defense is showing up. I think Cincinnati needs that respect from the committee that they're not getting. And at this point, if the committee is not willing to put in a Cincinnati that's undefeated, a group of five team that has a top 10 win against another Dame team that's consistently there for the playoff. I don't know if any other group group of five teams going to have a shot. I really don't. I don't think a group of five team has a shot if Cincinnati can't get in this year. And and that's sad to see. And that that begs the question, are we going to have to change the playoff? Are we have to going to go are we going to have to go to an 8 team playoff because it's not enough for a group of five teams to get in? Because all we're seeing is we're seeing we're seeing Georgia and we're seeing a one loss Alabama. I'm not saying that Cincinnati is better than those schools, but I'm saying that Cincinnati deserves their shot. Michigan State obviously being at three and them being being undefeated, of course they should be there. But Oregon, a one-loss Oregon, I have respect. I think Oregon's a great great team. I think they have a shot at the playoff. But I think Cincinnati should be above Oregon. I think Oregon should be five and Ohio State should be six. I think you should give that respect to Cincinnati for what they've done. Also, if we look in the group of five, where is Houston? Where's SMU? Where is where's UTSA? UTSA is undefeated. Houston's 7-1. I know Houston lost to Texas Tech at the beginning of the year, but they're playing playing better. They're improving. SMU's been playing extremely well, even though they just lost to Houston. I think that the, the, the group of five, they need their respect. You're giving BYU their respect, even though BYU has that one loss. They're there at 15. You're giving Fresno State their respect. You're giving San Diego State their respect, even though San Diego State just lost to Fresno State. Why not give Houston some respect? Why not give UTSA some respect that they're undefeated? And they're one of the only few undefeated teams still there. Let's look at Oregon versus Ohio State. I I do like Oregon being ahead of Ohio State. Do I like where Oregon's at in the college football playoff rankings? No. I think Cincinnati should be at a four. Am I utterly and and just emotionally upset that Oregon's at four? No, I'm not. Oregon, Oregon's one loss is the Stanford. Yes, that's a bad loss. But Oregon, again, they play in the Pac-12. They're in a Power 5 conference. They have probably the best win out of any, any of the schools in the top four and in the top 25. They have a road win at Ohio State. I think that's by far the best win for those those top four teams, that top twenty-five. So I'm not upset that Oregon's there. And I'm 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 actually really happy that they're above Ohio State. I think head to head is such a key thing when it comes to 
when it comes to the rankings and, and having schools um, over each other. Now, when they don't have the same record and it's like five and three versus seven and one, no, I don't think a five and three team should be above the seven and one team. That's their only loss. That's the thing with Alabama and Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M should be above Alabama. But when you're tied, when it's seven and one, seven and one, that head-to-head has to matter. And to the committee's eyes, it mattered, and that's why Oregon's ahead. Let's talk about the Big 12. Let's talk about Oklahoma. Oklahoma being eight. I know that shocked a lot of people. It, For me, it didn't really shock me. I, I think that's a good ranking for Oklahoma. And you're going to be like, oh, no, Oklahoma, they've played, um, they, they're starting to play really well. Caleb Williams is playing really well. Well, I don't, he, yes, Caleb Williams has played well, but they haven't looked pretty playing. They barely beat Kansas. Oklahoma State blew out Kansas 55 to 3. They barely beat a Texas team who I don't think is as good as people think they are. Texas has had their struggles. And Oklahoma was lucky to come out with the win against Texas. If Texas had a defense, Oklahoma wouldn't have won. If Caleb, Caleb Williams wasn't there to save the day, Oklahoma wouldn't have won. So you, you, you see all these things, these... Tulane, here's another... That's another thing. I, I was about to go into more things about Oklahoma, but let's, let's stick on this topic. Tulane. Tulane's 1-7. Oklahoma barely beat Tulane. Barely. They barely beat West Virginia. Again, we can keep going down the list of, of how Oklahoma's played, and they have not played well. And they have not looked impressive. Albeit there are some games they've looked impressive, but overall they have not looked impressive. And I think that's why the committee ranked Oklahoma so low. Now, in the next couple weeks, they're going to have their shot to prove to the committee that they should be higher. They play Oklahoma State. They play Baylor. And these are teams that are 11 and 12. And I think Baylor's a solid team. And I think that's a good win if you play Baylor. I think Oklahoma State, I think they're the one team that can challenge Oklahoma in the Big 12. I think Oklahoma has that shot. And especially being in Bedlam this year, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, that's a huge rivalry game. And I think that's going to... Right now, I would take Oklahoma, but not by much. Maybe three? A field goal. I might take Oklahoma by a field goal against Oklahoma State. I don't know. I don't know if I even take that. I think Oklahoma's right there with Oklahoma. And I don't think there's that much of a gap. All right, let's talk about the number nine team. Wake Forest. This one's going to be difficult this year. The ACC has been terrible. That's the only word I really have for it. Wake Forest is 8-0, and I think Wake Forest is feeding off the fact that the ACC is terrible. They have a couple of tough games coming up. They have North Carolina this week. They have NC State coming up. They have Clemson coming up. And I think those are going to really challenge Wake Forest and, and whether or not Wake Forest is for real. But when it comes to the college football playoff, I don't see a scenario where a, a, a 13-0 Wake Forest team and ACC champ gets into the playoff with the way it's playing out. Let's let's look at it. It's Georgia. If Alabama wins out, let's say Alabama wins out. They play Georgia in the SEC Championship. Georgia wins. Alabama is a is has two losses against a Texas A&M team that's solid and against the number one the consensus number one overall team in the country. 
and they lose to Georgia by a touchdown or a field goal. It's a close game. I would take a two-loss Alabama over an undefeated Wake Forest, an ACC champ, just because of the way the ACC has panned out this year. What about Michigan State? Let's say, let's say Michigan State goes on and they're undefeated. And then they go in and they get upset by Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship. Or Iowa. Or Wisconsin. Whoever it is. I would take a one-loss Michigan State over an undefeated Wake Forest. I would take a one-loss Oregon over an undefeated Wake Forest. Pac-12 champ Oregon. I would take a one-loss Ohio State over Wake Forest if they're the Big Ten champ. I would take an undefeated Cincinnati over Wake Forest. Yes, a group of five teams, Cincinnati. I would take them over Wake Forest. I would take a one-loss Michigan. I would take an undefeated Oklahoma. I would take a one-loss Oklahoma. I would take a one-loss Oklahoma State. I would take a one-loss Baylor. I would take a two-loss Auburn. That's a very good possibility. A lot of people are going to be, why, why? Wake Forest, they're going to, they're going to prove that they're undefeated. They're the ACC champ. They're not playing a good Clemson team this year. They're not playing a stellar North Carolina team this year. Both teams have a combined record of 9-7. and seven. North Carolina and Clemson aren't where they're supposed to be. Miami's not where they're supposed to be. The best team that they can face this year in the regular season is NC State. And the best team that they can possibly face in the ACC championship game is Pittsburgh, who's lost to Western Michigan and Miami. That's not impressive enough for me to say that Wake Forest is better than a two-loss Auburn, a one-loss Oklahoma State, a one-loss Oklahoma, a one-loss Michigan, a a one-loss Ohio State, a one-loss Oregon, an undefeated Cincinnati team, a two-loss Alabama, a one-loss Michigan State. You cannot tell me that Wake Forest is better than those schools. And, And at this point, Wake Forest, your playoff chances are slim. All right, let's move on to Minnesota at 20. And... We also have Wisconsin at 21 and 22. We'll talk about both of those teams. Three of those teams, actually. Minnesota at 20. Like we were talking with the Big Ten West, it's a mess. Minnesota right now, they're 6-2. and two. They play Illinois this week. They'll be 7-2. and two. The next two weeks, they'll play Illinois. They'll play Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. They have a path. Wisconsin's, they have two losses. They have one to Penn State. They have that loss to Michigan. And they have that loss to... Um, to Notre Dame. They have two losses. If they can go in and they can beat Minnesota, that will put Wisconsin at number one in the Big Ten West as of right now. Now, Wisconsin can't go and they can't lose any other Big Ten games. That cannot happen. Wisconsin, you have to win out if you're going to get to the Big Ten championship game. Iowa, you have to win out if you're going to get to the Big Ten championship game. Minnesota, there's a way that maybe you could possibly lose to lose once and still make it to the Big Ten Championship game. Now, do I think that you should think that in your mind that you should have a you have that extra cushion? No. I think you should play as if you have to win you have to win out to make it to the Big Ten Championship game. Do I think that Minnesota is going to do that? As of right now, I would say no. They just they're just plagued by injuries. I think Tanner Morgan can try and, and lead them, and I think P.J. Fleck can row, try and row the boat as much as possible. But I think Wisconsin is going to pose problems for Minnesota, and I think Iowa can pose problems as well for Minnesota. That I don't know if they could overcome. But who knows? 
Who knows? We've seen we've seen crazier things this year um, than Minnesota being number one in the Big Ten West as of right now. All right, let's let's move on. We've we've stuck on the the college football rankings and the college football. Um, my college football thoughts of those rankings. Let's go to the preview of the games. There's a lot of there's interesting games. There's not really much ranked matchups this year, but there's a lot of interesting games. I'll give a couple. You have nine number nine Wake Forest versus UNC. You have number three Michigan State versus Purdue. You have number thirteen Auburn versus number fourteen Texas A&M. That's the only ranked game ranked on ranked game. You have number seventeen Mississippi State versus a five and three Arkansas team. There's a four and four Texas team versus a five and three Iowa State. There's a five and three Clemson versus a four and four Louisville. There's a lot of these four and four, five and three, seven and one, four and four games that are happening this year. Not this year. That are happening this week that a lot of people would go in and be like oh no that seven and one team and that five and three they'll definitely win where i would say hold your horses college football season's been crazy i think there's very possible there's a very good possibility for some upsets this week let's start with the first game that i have on the list we have number 13 auburn versus number 14 texas a&m right now texas a&m is a four and a half point favorite versus auburn both teams have been improving zach calzada He's been improving steadily. He had a first. He had a rough couple weeks against Colorado and New Mexico. He didn't really play well, and then he played terribly against, excuse me, Arkansas and Mississippi State. And then he had that tremendous game against Alabama that everybody knows about. Let's look on the other side. You look at Bo Nix. You look at how Bo Nix has played. Again, he got benched in the Georgia State game. Now he's come out with a vengeance. He's played extremely well. He played well against LSU. He played uh, semi-good against Georgia. I, I don't know if you can really play well against Georgia. Then he played well against Old Miss. He played well against Arkansas. Two big wins that Auburn needed. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Bo Nix right now. He's good Bo. Not bad Bo. Good Bo right now. All right, let's look at some key stats. Did you know Texas A&M has never beaten Auburn in Kyle Field? While being in the SEC? They've never beaten them. That was a crazy stat that I was that was shown. Auburn is 4-0 at Kyle Field. 4-0. 2013, that was the Johnny Menzel year, the Nick Marshall year. Auburn won. 2015, Auburn won. 2017, Auburn won. 2019, Auburn won. They're 4-0. Texas A&M can't seem, they can seem to beat them at Jordan Hare, but they can't beat them at Kyle Field. It's interesting, it's interesting stat there. In those games, Auburn's won by by an average of two scores in those four games, too. So it's not like the games are necessarily close. Auburn's going in there, and they're beating them. The only game that I remember seeing on there that was close was the 45-41 in 2013. Now, two of those games... Oh, wow. I didn't actually know this either. Two of those games, Auburn was a lower rank or a worse record. That's crazy too. So that's proving you that it's not it's not that Texas A&M is a worse team. It's it's almost like Texas A&M can't beat them at Kyle Field. My question is can Texas A&M break the streak? This is a good Texas A&M team. They have a pro ready front seven. They have playmakers on the outside on their offense with Anaya Smith and Jalen Widemeyer. They have CJ Spiller in the backfield. This is a this is a potent this is not a potent offense but an offense that can put points on the board a defense that can slow you down. The thing with Auburn, Auburn's got Bo Nix, 
They have Tank Bigsby, one of the best running backs in the SEC and in the nation, I'll say. So so Auburn, they got some firepower too, especially um, on the offense and on defense. Key thoughts. Key thoughts. The thing that's going to decide this game is good Bo Nix or bad Bo Nix and good Calzada versus bad Calzada. Right now, if I had to choose, I would go with Bo Nix. I trust Bo Nix more than Zach Calzada. Zach Calzada had one good game against Alabama, and that's it. He didn't really play play well in the other games. He hasn't looked impressive. He hasn't thrown for over 200 yards besides the Bama game and the New Mexico game. So I, I'm not I'm not I'm impressed with how he played against Bama, but the other games I'm not really impressed. Bo Nix has been impressive, but again, good Bo, bad Bo. It depends on what Bo Nix shows up in the Auburn in Texas A&M game. If bad Bo shows up, Auburn will lose this game. If good Bo shows up, Auburn has a great shot of winning this game. So it's it's up to Bo Nix and it's up to Zach Calzada on who's going to play better. Now, one thing with Zach Calzada is he has playmakers all over the field for Texas A&M. He can throw it to Anaya Smith. He can throw it to Jalen Weidemeyer. Those two, Jalen Weidemeyer is a big target. He tore up Auburn last year. Anaya Smith, he's been playing extremely well ever since the Alabama game. C.J. Spiller, you can always have trust him and hand it off to him in the backfield. So again, Texas A&M, they have more playmakers on the outside than Auburn does. Texas A&M, defensively, you have to slow down this Auburn rushing attack. Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby, that's one of the best back combos in the SEC and one of the best back combos in the nation. Right now, Auburn, when they win is averaging 225 yards per game. When they lose, 115. If you can hold Auburn to under 200 yards, you have a great shot of winning this game. You have a phenomenal shot of winning this game, actually. Now, who am I going to choose? Do I choose this Texas A&M team with the playmakers in this, in this pro-ready front seven, or do I choose Bo Nix and Auburn? I went back and forth, but... In the end, I I just trust Bo Nix more than Zach Calzada. And I, I trust that. I know I shouldn't trust it, but I trust the stat of Auburn being 4-0 at Kyle Field. I do. I trust that. And I think Bo Nix, I think Bo Nix and Auburn, I think they'll come in, I think they'll be ready, and they'll be prepared, and I think they'll come out with a win. I really do. Do I take the spread? Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a field goal game, so I wouldn't take the spread but I'll take Auburn outright. All right, let's move on to another game. Number eight, Wake Forest versus, number, versus North Carolina. North Carolina's unranked. I almost said they were ranked at first. Even though North Carolina is unranked, North Carolina is favored by two and a half in this game. Oh, Wake Forest, this is going to be your toughest, toughest game. At least from this point. You're 8-0. This is by far the toughest. I know North Carolina hasn't looked stellar this year. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're not great. But they have Sam Howell, and they have Josh Downs. And that right there is enough to upset you guys, upset Wake Forest. Sam Howell, he's no slouch. He's, he's North Carolina's offense. He hasn't, played, he hasn't played great this year. But he's played good enough 
He he plays good enough to keep North Carolina in games offensively. Now, on the other side, North Carolina's defense is what is what what hurts them ultimately. But I think Sam Howell can keep them in the game. Let's go on Wake Forest's side. Wake Forest, your defense is not great either. Your defense is, has been gashed this year. So I think that North North Carolina with Josh Downs, with Sam Howell, with Ty Chandler, they're going to be able to put up some points. And I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Now, Wake Forest offensively has Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, dark horse for the Heisman. He's not going to win it. He's a dark horse. He's an underdog. I would love to see him win the Heisman, but he's not going to. They have some good receivers on the outside. They have two 700-yard receivers this year. They throw it all over the field. They're able to put up points in, a, in big numbers. So, all in all, first to 50? First to 50, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm looking at this game, and I, I think just Wake Forest defensively is just a little bit better. I think they can stop North Carolina on maybe two drives. Do I think North Carolina's going to stop Wake Forest? No. If they do, I'll be impressed. That, that'll, that'll be an impressive. If North Carolina can hold Wake Forest under 40, I'm impressed. If Wake Forest can hold North Carolina under 30 or under or under 40, I'd be impressed as well. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think upwards 45-42. So if I, if I had to choose, I think Wake Forest 45, North Carolina 42, just because Wake Forest has a slightly better defense. Man, my throat, throat's getting a little itchy here. All right, let's move on to Tennessee versus number 18, Kentucky. Spread is even, completely even. No spread. That shows you what people are thinking about this game. Tennessee has been under a lot of fire lately. Deservedly so. I mean, they threw a mustard bottle on the field against Ole Miss. But under all that fire, you're looking at Josh Heupel, and he's building something at Tennessee. Tennessee is... Is, is rolling offensively at least, not defensively. And I think this is the most important game of the year for Tennessee. Tennessee, you, you have to look at the rest of their schedule. They play Georgia next week. A lot of people will be like, oh, that's the most important game. I would say no, because I think this game is going to define how the rest of the season is going to go for Tennessee. But Tennessee can go in and they can beat a ranked Kentucky at Kentucky. I think that's going to define Tennessee's season as improving. Now, they're not going to make it to the New Year's Six Bowl, obviously. But Tennessee, they needed to look that there was going to be improvement with Josh Heupel at the helm. And there's been improvement offensively. There's been improvement in the culture. And I think you going into Kentucky and getting that win is going to really bump up the culture and bump up the recruiting possibly to come to Tennessee. Now, if you can go in and you can beat Kentucky... Think of the momentum you're going to have versus Georgia. Kentucky, not Kentucky, Tennessee, your offense can can pose a problem for Georgia. I'm not saying that you're going to go in and you're going to beat Georgia. Not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that your offense, if you have the momentum, can cause a problem for Georgia and can keep you in the game. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying that you guys are going to beat Georgia. But I'm saying you can stay in the game. Now, if you lose to Kentucky and you go and play Georgia... I'm thinking it's going to be a loss. You're four and six. You got two games left on the schedule. I believe that your two games. If I can look it up here. 
I believe that you guys play Missouri. Uh, no, you already play Missouri. Think you play an FCS school. It's taking forever to load. You play South Alabama and you play Vanderbilt. Two very winnable games. And I think if you can take out take out Kentucky, beat South Alabama, beat Vanderbilt, a seven and five year is not bad under first year Josh Heupel. Especially everything that's gone off with the program. If you can end six and six, I don't think that I think that's gr that's good, but I don't think it's great. I don't think it's could it could be where you want ultimately to be and where you look back on the schedule and see these game that you could win, especially a game against Kentucky. All right, let's go into Kentucky. Kentucky right now six and two. You've had two straight losses. One against Georgia, understandable. One against a Mississippi State team that I don't think is that good. A little bit more, little bit more questionable. Now, I'm not questioning the culture of Kentucky. We know what the culture is at Kentucky. Mark Stoops has done an incredible job. What I'm saying is that you want to compete for a New Year's Six Bowl. You're not going to really compete for national championships at Kentucky. You want to compete for New Year's Six Bowls. And I think that you guys, coming in and playing Tennessee, you have to win this game if you want to get to that New Year's Six Bowl. I don't think a 9-3 Kentucky will be able to get to the New Year's Six Bowl, especially how the college football playoffs panning out. So, what is my overall prediction and thoughts for this game? Shocker, I actually have Tennessee. I think Tennessee, with what Josh Heibel's building, I think Tennessee can go into Kentucky and Kroger Field, and I think they'll be able to knock off Kentucky. I think Hendon Hooker will do enough. I think the offense will do enough. To put Tennessee on top, I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee 27, Kentucky 24. All right, let's go into some rapid-fire games. Finish up this podcast for tonight. Number three, Michigan State versus Purdue. Right now, Michigan State's a three-point favorite versus Purdue. I don't like, I don't really like that. Um, Purdue, obviously, that upset versus Iowa, and this could be a letdown game possibly for Michigan State because they do play Ohio State next week but I don't see just the culture that Mel Tucker's building I don't see this as a letdown game for Michigan State I think you when you have Kenneth Walker in the backfield handing it off to him he's not going to have a letdown game I think Kenneth Walker will take over this game and I think Michigan State will ultimately beat Purdue by I think two or three scores so I like Michigan State in this game and I like Michigan State to cover number 11 Oklahoma State versus West Virginia Three and a half point favorite right now for Oklahoma State. West Virginia, they're coming off the win versus Iowa State. So it's I West Virginia's riding high, but I don't think Oklahoma State's looking to mess around right now. I think Oklahoma State, they have their eyes on that Big 12 championship. They have their eyes against for Oklahoma. And I think West Virginia is just in their way. And I think Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State, they're gonna control the game from start to finish. They know they still control their own destiny. I like Oklahoma State in this game to cover as well. Interesting game. Number 17, Mississippi State versus Arkansas. Right now, it's 5.5 for Arkansas. I like that line. I really do. I remember typing this out and remember this line, but now I, I really do. I think Arkansas has the ability to knock off Mississippi State. Again, not a big fan of Mississippi State, like you said. Like I've said. So I think Arkansas, this being... At Arkansas, and what Sam Pittman's done, I think Arkansas. I think Arkansas wins this game. I don't like them to cover, but I do like Arkansas outright. 
All right, let's look at this other Mountain West game. Boise State versus Fresno State. It's interesting. Boise State's had an up and down year. They're they're good one week, beat BYU, and then they're bad the next week. They're good, they're bad. They're good, they're bad. Fresno State, they kind of had the up and down year. They're good one week against Oregon, and then they go out and then they lose to some unranked Mountain West team. So I, I personally think since it is a, a, a rivalry game, I think it's going to be a close game. I do like Fresno State to win this game. I think Hank Bachmeyer is, is just a little too much for Boise State, and I think Fresno State will come out with a win. Three more games. Three more games. We're going to keep rushing through this. Clemson versus Louisville. We mentioned this. Me and Grit mentioned this on the podcast on Monday for the breakdown. Clemson... And DJ Ui Ungalale, again, offensively, they're not there. Defensively, they're there, but offensively, they're not there. They haven't been there. They haven't, they haven't looked good either. They almost lost to Florida State. They've they lost to Pittsburgh. They scored three points against Georgia. I know not many people have scored against Georgia. They lost to NC State. Clemson has not looked great. And Louisville, I know Louisville's 4-4, four and four, but Louisville has the capabilities with Malik Cunningham to knock off Clemson. And I personally think they do. I think Louisville goes, I think Clemson goes to Louisville and I think Louisville knocks them off with Malik Cunningham. I think Louisville just has enough offense to, to get past that, that stout Clemson defense. All right, one more game, two more games. Texas, 4-4 four four versus Iowa State, 5-3. Iowa State... Up and down every single game. You don't know what Iowa State's going to show up. And Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's been there forever. Brees Hall, one of the best running backs in the nation. Everybody thought Iowa State's going to be able to get to the college football playoff this year. Ultimately, just disappointment this year for Iowa State. Disappointment for Texas. Texas had a chance to, to really move up in the rankings against Oklahoma. But now they've been on a little bit of a losing skid. And, and they lost to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Texas is really faltering at 4-4, four and four, and I think they still continue to falter. I think the good Iowa State shows up, and I think Iowa State comes out with the win. Hats off to Brock Purdy and Brees Hall in this game. One more game. Florida, 4-4 four and four versus South Carolina, 4-4. Four and four. 7.30 kick. I'll be at the game. So, obviously, I had to preview it if I'm going to be at the game. Florida and Dan Mullen. There's been a lot of things that have been happening at Florida. There's been a recruiting thing that Dan Mullen said. 